0: living in sync with God, His Word, love, power, and His vision for your life. Welcome to Spiritual Training. Hi, this is Elder Michael Dunn, and welcome to Spiritual Training. Today we're going to continue on our subject, Overcoming the Human Condition. And we determined that the human condition is really a sinful condition, a fallen condition. And The scripture, however, gives us a great deal of encouragement and confidence that we can and will overcome the human condition. Now, the way we're going to do this and the way we're going to defeat this enemy is by the power of God. Now, as we engage in this war, and, and a war it really is, things get more and more complex as it goes along. So, and I want you to see uh, the the human part of it is this. We experience a wide range of emotions, feelings. All of these things are real and it's part of our human complexities. The problem with that is that the enemy seizes the opportunity to use it as a, a attack point because of our vulnerability, it's kind of like this, imagine you in the war now, just you in the flesh, this human part of you that just going to remain with you the rest of your life, you're determined to put it to death, you're in the battle, you're in the war, and it's like these, now here you go, you're faced off in battle, you're in a hand-to-hand combat, and right in the middle of the battle, in the heat of the battle, you look up, And the flesh has two other allies equally as formidable. And they are coming from the east and from the west. My goodness. Look at this strategy that the enemy has sucked us into. So we thought we were only fighting the flesh. So this strategy is very simple. If one don't get you, the other one will. So who are these other two allies that has joined the flesh? Well, the scripture calls it the world and the devil. So it appeared now that there was just this one battle. That we were just going to overcome this enemy, this part of our fallen human nature that we have to deal with and put to death while we're in this life. So we're all in. We're all working towards it. And all of a sudden, we see that the game has been changed. The battle strategy has changed. Now we see that this enemy is not one, but he's three. So what do we mean by the world? Well... Maybe we'll look at this a little closer in another session, but the world basically is something that's going to pull us away from the word of God. So anything or any perspective that's going to pull us away from the word of God, that means it's going to pull you from the closeness of God. You see, and this is what the world does. It has a pull on us. And so, by and what it does, it appeals to that fallen part of our humanity that remains right? So what does the scripture say? He says that the world is, is in three categories: it's the lust of the flesh. Wow, so the lust of the flesh uh when men look at women, he remember what Jesus said about that? If you look at a woman and you lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart so these things are hidden in the world. The lust of the flesh. You know, when, 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 when men don't look away when a woman walks by, when we get ourselves tied up in the things like pornography and all sorts of movies and shows that has a lot of nudity and all of these sexual things going on. That, my friends, is the lust of the flesh. And I know that's not what we call it, do we? We'll call it adult. Well, it's not adult. It's called sin. And what it does, it has a captivity to it. And remember, it's after something. It's an enemy. It's not here to be an ally with you and make your life all better or to make you happy. What it does, it manipulates that fallen part of your humanity and drag you in there so that it can destroy your life then that's what you want to see in this. So the other part, he said, is the lust of the eyes. So what do your eyes see? People see everything, and they want everything. They even want things that belong to other people. They even covet and, and lust after everything, everything that the eyes see. As the scripture says, the eyes of a man are never full. Guess what? You'll never have enough. You will never feel this flesh. It will never have enough. It'll never say, okay, well, I have enough now. It'll always want more. It'll suck it up and want more and more and more. See, it's never full, is it? Because it's a lust, you see. And that's the way the scripture lays that out. And then the other one, he calls it the pride and possessions. When, when, when everything about our lives is about what we have, and we're so proud of what we have, and somehow it validates us as being successful because we have certain things. But that, my friend, is a worldly perspective. We don't have pride in possessions. We enjoy our, our possessions. We enjoy having a life We enjoy life itself. We don't have pride in what we have. We don't think of ourselves better than our neighbor because we have something more than someone else. Because you know what? There's always someone have something more than you, isn't it? So we are not caught up into that way of thinking. And this is what I want you to see. It's really a way of thinking. So this is what the world is all about. It's going to pull us away into these categories. It's going to distract us from what we are here to do. And the last thing, the devil, that's the other partner. So you got the, you you faced off, you're fighting head on with the flesh. Here comes the world on one side. Here comes the devil on another side. And what he does, he launches his primary weapon, which is deception. Wow. So he's going to create some stuff for you to think about. So now what he does, he uses situations, okay, to prove his falsehood. Now remember, he's not famous for using lies in this sense. He uses the truth and then lie about the truth. You see, that's what he does. He takes what God says and he turns it around. You remember what he said to Jesus when Jesus was tempted of the devil for those 40 days? He takes whatever the word of God says and he turns it around. So what he wants to do is manipulate our perspectives. You see, that's the goal. And he does it by what we feel, what we think, what we believe. Because this is how he uses the facts to deceive. He knows that we don't walk by faith. He knows we walk by sight because you know why we walk by sight? Because we're humans. We want to quote that Bible verse now. Hey, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. But the devil knows that's not true. He knows humans walk by sight. That's why he chose these particular weapons. He's not choosing these particular weapons because we're not walking by sight. Then that's why the apostle says, don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. But in the interim, how are we going to deal with this? Because it doesn't happen by quoting the apostle and saying, OK, I walk by faith, not by sight. And then now it happens. Well, we know it doesn't work like that, does it? It is an acquired skill to walk by God, to walk by faith. It really is an acquired skill. So it doesn't just come automatically. It takes some time, doesn't it? It takes practice and it develops over time. It's not something that comes right away. So as personal as these attacks are against us, it's really not about us. Did you know that? As hard as these attacks, they come against us and they're so personal and we get so personal with them. But the devil is, you know, he could care, really care less about us. The devil is after this. He wants to stop the impact of what a transformed life brings. What the power of God demonstrated in a transformed life what it does in the family dynamics. Look what happens when a family is living by the word of God. Look at the impact that it has in a neighborhood, the impact that it has in communities and church, statewide, nationally, worldwide. You see, this, my friends, is what this spirit wants to stop. He wants to stop this this greatest miracle God has ever given you was his gift of salvation. That great miracle it came with regeneration by the Spirit and he redeemed us and he called us and this is what the devil doesn't want to happen. We are the called out people of God. We are the ones that are the overcomings or the overcomers of the world. We are those who overcome. We are that example. We are the example of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live by the word of God, what it means to live under the authority of Scripture and have a real relationship with God. That's who we are. And that's what he doesn't want to be to spread all over the world, which, my friends, is the gospel. Because, now, because our love for God, and I want you to think about this. Remember, I talked to you about the dynamics of our relationship is based on love. So our love for God and our appreciation for him and what he has done for us is what drives us. The devil knows that. That's what God created. That's that dynamics. But guess what? We have a devil and he's going to fight that. So what he does, he pulls out his weapon of deception. Now, one thing that we must do when it comes to strategy is that we must have a strategy or we are going to drift away to the right or to the left or we're just going to quit altogether how many people that you know that were once saved that is no longer saved? Those who were once said they love the Lord, but they no longer serve the Lord. Those who would, would, would come to church and give their life to Christ and to do all these things. And then all of a sudden they've drifted away and they're nowhere to be found because my brothers and sisters, deception is real. And the workers of iniquity are real. And the devil in all of his All of his network is real, it's powerful, and it will drive us away from God if we don't have a strategy to stand. And this is what we want to see in this, is that we have to have a strategy. I mean, what are you going to do when you face a painful loss? What are you going to do when you become very discouraged? What happens to our faith when we fall into temptation and sin? What happens when you just really don't understand why God allows certain things to happen? If you get caught up in these feelings, my friends, who knows where you're going to end up? And this is what the devil does. He causes us. To end up some other place where God never purposed for us to be. And then he wants you to live out that scenario. You see, just really render us ineffective through our entire lives. All these things and more can happen in war, can't they? Because we're in a war. And this is the one thing that we all must be resolved to do. This one thing we all must be resolved to do, and that is trust in God. Trust in God. And what I mean is by faith, trust him with what you may never understand. Now, my friends, that's faith. Not faith in faith, faith in him. Now we're going to have a, just bring all of this stuff to a conclusion. Bring it all to a conclusion and say it like this. There is no unrighteousness in God. There is none. So number one, never blame God and never give up. That's your strategy. You never blame God and you never give up. Because remember, in our humanity, we don't see or understand everything. So to believe that we have to have a comprehensive, all conclusive thing, uh, a way of perspective on everything about God is really not possible. So trust in the Lord and be of good courage Is echoed throughout the word of God for all generations. We trust in the Lord and do good. So shall we dwell in the land and verily we shall be fed. God is our refuge and strength. He is our present help. He is the one who takes care of us. We don't look to anybody but our Father. He is the all. Sufficient God who takes care of his people He will never leave us He'll never forsake us He'll always be with us And it doesn't matter If we don't see it So what if my life does not manifest The fulfillment of God's scriptures today So what? Come up with a better one devil Because I can wait because the scriptures say, if you wait on the Lord and be of good courage, that he said, I will strengthen your heart. So we wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Why? Because we serve a God who is faithful. He is faithful and he is true. And my friends, this is why we're so committed. This is why our hearts is so lifted up. This is why we can live in a fallen world. This is why we have the strength of God because the power. Of the gospel is in us. The power of God. The greatest miracle that God has ever given us. Regeneration by his spirit. He took us who were dead in trespasses and sin. And then he made us alive. And he caused us to be like him. He made us to be in his likeness. He caused us to think like him. Walk like him. Live like him. And to get rid of all those old desires. Give us new desires. My God. What a great miracle. So, don't let the trouble of living in a fallen world separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our relationship with him, my friends, is built on love and appreciation. And the devil is going to come to take that away from you. Don't you let that happen. The greater the love... The greater the appreciation, the stronger we are, and the more we will overcome. Now Paul said it like this. I'm persuaded, he said. And he had come to a part of his life. He've looked at all things, considered all things that he'd experienced thus far. And he looked at it and said, This I am persuaded. And this is where we have to be, my brothers and sisters, persuaded. He said that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. Look at this. He says, nor powers, nor Things present things present you mean all this stuff that presses on us from day to day He says none of these things He says nor the things to come the things that I don't even know that's gonna come in the future So I don't have anxiety about the present I don't have anxiety about what things to come because I'm persuaded of something He says he's persuaded He says there's no height it doesn't matter how high it is, how, nor the depth, nor how deep it is. He says, nor any other creature. If there's anything else out there, I'm persuaded. I'm convinced that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a testimony of the apostle. What a great God we serve. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us a life in you. You've given us a great life. This life, God, that you've given us is not a life of our own. It's a life that you've given us to impact the world. The greatest miracle we've ever received is salvation. And attached to that miracle, oh God, is regeneration that proves, oh God, that your spirit does live in us. Because of the evidence of a changed life Because of the evidence, Lord Of a transformed mind The evidence, Lord God Of how we live every day Oh God, the testimony that we have In our homes and in our communities And and among our neighbors and coworkers And everywhere we go, oh God It is that power, oh God That is so well defined And demonstrated in our lives, oh God That we are here, oh God, as your people And we ask that you empower us by your by your Holy Spirit. Teach us, O oh God. Keep us from the wicked one, O oh Lord. Preserve our lives from sickness and death, O oh God. Keep us, O oh God, from every work of iniquity. And Lord, we pray that our life, O oh God, will reflect the glory of the living God. And that your life that you've given us, O oh God, to shine bright in this dark world. You brought us here to shine bright bright in this darkness. You brought us here, O God, in this hour, Lord God, that we should be the light of the world. And we thank you for it, O God. And we give your name the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you find these sessions to be beneficial, share them with your family and friends and join us again for another session of spiritual training.